In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Happy New Year. Does everybody have a bulletin now that wants one? Or us uh, to be a good time? Sorry about that. We just didn't realize how many people would be here to repent of their reveling. Um, so, we're really glad to see you today. I, I, I feel like the older that I get, I, uh, the more I appreciate uh, this two-week period uh, and not, I don't mean necessarily the 12 days of Christmas, but the, uh, really the last week of December, the first week of January as a, as a time of reflection and preparation. Reflection and preparation. I, I, I have really always pretty much been skeptical of New Year's resolutions, and probably that is because, uh, like most people, I'm not very good at seeing them through. But I do find value in looking uh, forward, looking ahead aspirationally. Um, uh, how do I want to approach whatever comes my way in this new year? How do I want to approach whatever comes my way in this new year? And sometimes I, I like to take time to write that down and, and review it every so often, not so much as a resolution, but as a, as a sort of direction as a sort of direction for the year. And I know some people uh, use like a single word or a small phrase to uh, provide sort of a frame uh, for the upcoming year. And I have personally found some benefit in that practice. But I have to say that if you are looking for a frame, if you are looking for a lens through which to view all that comes your way in this new year, then Christians as uh, as Christians, then Philippians 2, Philippians 2 may be exactly what you're looking for. Our epistle passage, not as one, not as concise as one word, right? But certainly worth reviewing from time to time. Because in, in just these five famous verses, we really get the biography of the incarnate Word, Jesus Christ. Now, most scholars believe these verses were an early hymn that Paul inserted into this letter that he was writing to the stressed-out church in Philippi. It was a time of political and economic upheaval outside of the church, and there was also division and fear inside the church due to the, due to the experience of opposition and oppression and persecution. And so naturally, these Philippians were trying to peer into the future, uh, but of course they didn't know what was going to happen. So there was fear of the unknown. And I think probably we uh, can make a lot of parallels between uh, their time and our time, our politics and economy, uh, how those things affect us, how our church uh, is responds to those things. And yet, what I find amazing is that St. Paul does not try to predict the future for them. You know, he doesn't give them good behavioral advice. He doesn't give them any uh, stock tips for a recession. 
Rather, Paul just points them to Jesus. In just these few verses, we literally have the pre-existence of God the Son, Christmas, Good Friday, Easter, and Jesus is coming again. And so we're going to, this morning, we're going to walk through these remarkable verses, and then I'm going to offer three suggestions about how these verses might frame our approach to the year ahead. So first, the biography of Jesus Christ. Paul says right off the bat that Jesus was God. That's what he means when he says that Jesus was in the form of God and did not count his equality with God a thing to be exploited. Now that's sort of a weird translation, I think, but but what it means is that Jesus, being God, was not going to use his equality with God, his divinity, for his own advantage. Now why not? It's because he was God. His, both His nature and His character as God the Son is consistent with God the Father. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus is and ever shall be God through and through with everything that that implies. His rightful place is and always has been the throne room of God in glory and splendor, in righteousness and magnificence, with the train of His robe filling the temple, with the angels and cherubim crying out, Holy, Holy, Holy! This is the rightful place of Jesus, God the Son. And yet, as God, His greatest end is not His own exaltation, but our salvation. And so He willingly departed from His rightful glory and entered into the world that He had made. The same world that had itself departed from glory and now is in such a state of profound brokenness and sin, that there was nothing that the world could do about it and in most corners didn't care. And so as an act of saving grace, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. St. Paul tells us that Jesus emptied Himself. That is, He emptied Himself of His great glory, taking the form of a slave, a, a servant to all being born in human likeness. From the form of God to human form. Now, I don't think we can really get our heads around just how far a flight that is. Or around the goodness of God's heart that He would willingly stoop so low. The descent from the throne room of heaven to a dirty Bethlehem stable from Almighty God to vulnerable infant is stunning. But the breadth of the descent from the pure holiness of heaven to a world wracked and depraved by open rebellion against God, I think for us is unfathomable. Ununderstandable. But that's the Christmas story, isn't it? 
That's the baby in the manger, God incarnate. But Paul doesn't stop with Christmas. He says, now being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now, this is Good Friday. And seeing it paired so closely on the paper with Christmas's incarnation makes it, for me, that much more astounding. Because God Almighty deserves every exaltation, and yet He came in humility. He came in poverty. He came not to be served, but to serve. He descended from heaven to live among us and to live the perfect life that we were created to live. The perfect life that His own law would have us to live. His life teaches us that Glory and godliness do not lie in accumulation or in adulation, but in a life offered humbly to the good of others. And yet he died. In fact, he died the gruesome and pitiable death of a criminal. This was not merely a stake of mistaken identity. For make no mistake, he was Killed because he claimed by word and deed to be the Son of God. And so there on the cross, in obedience to the Father, in fact, in obedience to the very plan that he himself helped put in motion, God the Son took our sin upon himself. It was our criminal sin before God for which Jesus died. For the sins that you have committed and for the sins committed against you, For the thing you cannot forgive yourself for and for the thing you can't seem to forgive. He unwrapped the sin from you and me and wrapped himself up in it. God wrapped himself in ungodliness so that he could wrap us up in his own godliness before God. That's Good Friday. But then there's Easter. There's Easter, the linchpin of Christianity, the glorious truth upon which all the rest of Christianity hangs. God highly exalted Jesus. He raised him up on the third day. As our Easter liturgy says, by his death, he destroyed death. And by his rising to life again, he won for us everlasting life. He The humble and humiliated divine servant is the risen and exalted king who has the name above every name. Christ is alive now. And when he comes again in glory, and he will, and then every knee will bow and every tongue will confess on heaven and earth and under the earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord and all to the glory of God the Father. And there it is. The biography of God the Son, the atoning King, the name above all names, the rescuer and redeemer from Alpha to Omega in five verses. And that's pretty neat. But it's not just neat, is it? 
Because the question before us on this New Year's Day is, how does this gospel, how does this good news frame how we are going to approach whatever comes our way in this new year? So I want to offer you three very quick suggestions. And if one of them resonates with you, write it down. Put it on your mirror so you get ready in the morning and you can see it uh, every day. We will be humble humans. We will be famous forgivers. And we will rebound in the resurrection. We will be humble humans. We will be famous forgivers. We will always rebound in the resurrection. First, we will be humble humans. Can we just say that humility doesn't really come naturally to any of us? In fact, the great C.S. Lewis once said that humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. Now, thinking less of ourselves does, in fact, come naturally to some of us. But that's not humility. That is an unhealthy self-image. Humility is not thinking less of ourselves. Humility is thinking of ourselves Less. And can any statement be more, more can any statement more perfectly describe our perfect and glorious God who came from heaven to serve broken humanity by offering his life? So can we hold his willing descent from glory to grime before us this year? Can we intentionally be astounded? With his self-giving on our behalf this year. Can we remember that we, with all our flaws and quirks and needs, and regardless of what illness or hardship or discouragement is swirling around us, that we are the constant focus of God Almighty's adoring attention? Can we... Framed by the humility of Jesus Christ and His coming, can we be humble humans this year? We will be humble humans. And second, we will be famous forgivers. You know, forgiveness doesn't really come any more naturally than humility, does it? Some of us love to hold a grudge. Some of us can't seem to forgive even though we want to. Some of us can't forgive ourselves. But this is so much of why Jesus came. Why He stepped out of glory into humanity. He came to forgive. Even to forgive our unforgiveness. And He came not simply to declare Forgiveness by divine fiat, but to purchase forgiveness with the price of his own life. Even death on a cross. And not just to forgive everyone across the globe and throughout the centuries, because that seems noble. But to forgive you for the sins that you have committed and to free you from the sins committed against you. That seems personal. 
And so I wonder, when we consider ourselves this year, which we will do, can we define ourselves not by our our faults and our flaws, not by our gifts and our talents, not by our hardships or raw deals, but can we define ourselves by the fact that we are forgiven personally? By God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. And can we Christians who have been forgiven of our trespasses before God forgive those who have trespassed against us? Can we who are daily given a clean slate be generous distributors of clean slates? Can we receivers of grace be givers of grace? Can we, in the pattern of Jesus Christ, be famous forgivers? So framed by the life and ministry of Jesus to us, we'll be humble humans, we'll be famous forgivers, and we will always rebound in the resurrection. Because here's the thing, 2023 will not be magical. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. Like every other year, there's going to be disappointments and diagnoses. There'll be stunning turns of events because that's life in this world. But Jesus' biography says that life comes after death. That hope comes after hardship. And if you are claimed by the life of Christ, then the end of your story is always resurrection. Resurrection. Life is going to knock you down, sometimes at the least opportune time, and maybe over and over again. But because of our life in Christ, because by faith His story becomes our story, we will rebound in the resurrection always. See, disappointments have gravity, don't they? They pull us down and they tell us that they define us. So in this year, can we stand in the story of Jesus Christ by preaching the good news to ourselves this year? Can we humble humans and famous forgivers? Can we keep hope on the horizon? Can we find strength to face the hurdles because we know that we are children of God? And eternal life started the moment we placed our faith in the crucified and risen Christ. He came for you. He lived for you. He died for you. He rose for you. This is the biography of Jesus Christ. This year, may this gospel frame our approach to every day And every event that comes our way, come what may. Amen.